Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life, wondering if you could be more, see more, do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. hey Episode 3! We are coming in hot this season. Today, our topic is you should lead like Jesus. It's all about leadership. And we have a quote just to start things off with. And it's from somebody that I've actually met and I really like him a lot. No big deal. I'm best friends with people that have quotes on the internet. I didn't say best friends. I said I've met him. I've met him a couple times and he's wonderful. As a matter of fact, he is a guru in leadership. If we've ever had one for our generation, the uh, incomparable and wonderful John Maxwell says this. He says, the bottom line in leadership isn't how far we advance ourselves, but how far we advance others. Think about Mm. that. That's so good. If that doesn't reflect the leadership uh, that Jesus modeled as well, I mean, his whole aim was to lay down his life in order to see us raise up our own to be united with God. I mean, that's, that's like the heart of leadership. I love that. Yeah. We should be all incredible leaders because we're followers of Jesus. So- Are we ready? Let's get started and find freedom from all of that should. A special game. One we've never, ever played. Oh, a special game. Get ready. Okay, so Candace invented a new game for us to play. It's called Wrong Answers Only Game. And it's a rapid fire of basic knowledge questions where you have to intentionally answer incorrectly. I've seen this on TikTok and some other things, and I thought, why not give our own spin on it with Candace and Jenny? Because it's so funny. It's harder than you think. You've got to intentionally answer incorrect. It cannot be a right answer. All right? You All ready? Right. You Are ready? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm up first, right? You're going to ask me and I'm I got to give a wrong questions. answers. Okay. Rapid fire. Okay. I'm stretching out for this. Okay. Me Candace. Too. Yes. What are the colors of the rainbow? Brown, um, chartreuse, silver, gold, uh, black, um, dog poo, brown, and and uh, ugly gray sweater. Okay. That's a- <laughs> okay. Okay. Name two song titles from Taylor Swift. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be Lady in Red and (laughs) and, and, um, uh, Yesterday. (laughs) What ingredients do you use to make a taco? Easy. Uh, You're going to take some rice and um, you're going to take pina colada margarita mix and put it in a blender with uh, soy sauce. Okay, and I'm going to just keep going because you're way great at this. <laughs> what state is the city Denver is located in? It's in Idaho. <laughs> what is the first, who was the first man to walk on the moon? Kanye West. Kanye West. Oh, <laughs> Kanye. I don't know. A special game. It's so Thank fun. It's, it's harder than you think. We should have listeners call in and play this game with us sometime. Yes, it needs to happen. Won't you do it, y'all? Time and time again, won't you do it, y'all? Come on, won't you do it, y'all? Won't he do it? In this segment, we'll highlight your reviews and celebrate how God is using this podcast to make an impact. So, Jay Minz gave us five stars, and said, thankful. My friend shared this podcast with me last year, and I am so thankful. I'm a Southern girl currently living out West. That feels right. Uh, Feeling misplaced, (laughs) and this has been such an encouraging tool in my life. Real, raw, and encouraging. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, J-Mins. Thank you, J-Mins. And don't forget, if you guys are loving the show, please leave an Apple podcast review or however you listen, because every review helps, and we really appreciate it. 
It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now, what do we say? I love this topic about leadership and here's why. Um, one of the greatest things that I have learned about leadership was actually from taking a journey to Israel. I, I think I have so many examples and um, illustrations from my time over there, but this one is one of those that rises to the top every time I think about the trip that I got to make in 2017. Did you know that when Jesus actually said to his disciples and he picked them out, because that's what Jesus really did is he... He was a leader first to a small tribe of 12, right? This this small, uh, ready group of men and young men at that. He would find them and, and we see account after account where he would say, hey, come follow me. And well, maybe not like that. Maybe he didn't say, hey, come follow me. He would just say, follow me. And they would drop everything and leave what they were doing, leave their professions and follow after him. And it's always kind of astounded me as to why they were just so quick to follow that leadership. And one of the things that our tour guide over there told us that I'd never heard was simply this. Um, when Jewish young men were growing up in their culture around the age of 13, they would have an opportunity to choose a profession that they would want to enter into. And at that time, they would actually, if some of them wanted to be involved in the temple and wanted to be involved in becoming a rabbi, they would have to have a rabbi accredit them. And basically the way that the rabbi would pick out the young boy that was in the line of all the kids that were turning around that same age, he would go through and he'd look at them and say, follow me. And then they knew that that meant that their life was on track to actually be in service to God in the temple work and, and to grow up in the, in the work of the Lord and be following their rabbi until they themselves became one. And what our tour guide had told us is that these young men, these disciples, when they heard Jesus say, follow me. It wasn't just this new concept to them. They saw him as a rabbi, as a teacher, as a leader. And when they heard follow me, it wasn't just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to do that. They actually heard it in the context of them receiving a second chance. They'd already chosen their profession by that time. I mean, think about it. They were fishers of men. They were tax collectors. They were all these different things that we see them doing because they'd had to fall in line with a profession for their family. Um, and what Jesus does when he says, follow me to them, is give them something they had not been given, which was a second chance to follow after a rabbi, to enter into service to God. And I just thought that that was so incredible um, to learn that. And for me, it really challenged me. How many times is Jesus calling me to level up in, in a way that I can lead others well, but I also can have a second chance in following him to become a better leader? You know, how, how am I following him well when he puts out the call, follow me? Yeah. And when you think of leadership too, I think we can think of it from a professional perspective. Oh, how am I leading at work? How am I investing in others? But also... I think too, we can think of it from a personal perspective. How are we leading? If you're a mom, how are you discipling your kids? And how are you leading even in friendships? Um, I think we are all created to be leaders in some way or another. Totally agree. And when I think of leadership, similar to, I love the lesson you learned when you were in Israel about the second chances. Because when I think of leadership, I see it as, seeing the strengths or the under, the undiscovered abilities or giftings on a person's life or even an idea or a new strategy and actually pulling the potential out of that person or that thing. So when I'm thinking of motherhood, my biggest and greatest prayer is, well, there's a couple, but Lord, I want my kids to know you. And then the other is, Lord, I want my kids to walk in the potential they have in you mm. um, and the giftings that you put on their life. And how, as a parent, do I lead them to do that? Uh, I think of my childhood and my parents since third grade. I was like, I want to be uh, in the film industry. I didn't have language for that, but I wanted to. I wanted to be a filmmaker. And third grade, they gave me a video camera, and I was 
making a script with my friend and we put on a we recorded a, a movie quote unquote for uh with all the students in our class hold that term loosely in your hands hold that term loosely <laughs> this was the best film you could have ever experienced award worthy yes it was amazing but no but and it's this constant journey of what does that look like with the gifts on my life and they they equips me with resources. Yeah. They never once, when I was like, oh, I want to move out to Hollywood in the entertainment industry, they never once were like, let's look up the crime rates in that city or let, <laughs> who do you know out there? Mm. They didn't doubt it, but they they dared me into it. You know what I mean? Like they equipped me for it. I think we all have these moments where we can look back in our childhood and, and see different mentors in our life and different leaders that have impacted us, whether it's parents or maybe a mentor from church or a pastor or even a friend or their parents or just or a teacher. Boss, you know, a just a boss. boss. Yeah. 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 Seeing someone now in your life. Uh, but one of the things I want to just briefly touch on in this subject is in this segment is what was one defining moment? And we don't have to over-spiritualize this moment, but what was one defining moment for you, Candice, where you mm. were like, okay, I'm glad this person's leading in my life. <laughs> Does anything stand out for you? <laughs> I had a teacher in fourth grade. Her name was Miss Lewis. Miss Lewis. Oh, Miss Lewis. I just loved her so much. I just remember thinking how calm she was with a whole bunch of troublemaking fourth graders. Like we were crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like she got the worst class and I knew that. <laughs> I knew it. But I would watch her lead with such tenderness um, and, and almost, um, this approachability to where she knew our story and knew what kind of family lives we were coming from and knew each one of us individually. And it's almost like she was teaching the whole class, but teaching us individually as well. Um, and I appreciated the compassion and empathy in her that made her such a great leader and teacher. You know what I mean? Like you could just feel as though we weren't a paycheck to her and we weren't a project for her she actually cared about us. And I just remember that quality of leadership rose to the top when I was thinking about, I just want to be like her. I just want to be like her. And today I find myself constantly referencing back, am I loving as well as Miss Lewis loved me? You know what I mean? Am, am, mm. I, am I being attentive to, to individual needs as much as Mrs. Lewis was attentive to me? And I know that that's silly, but it was so impactful as a fourth grade kid that was transient most of my childhood, to have somebody see me was huge, huge. Oh. Yeah. To have somebody see you. Mm, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. What about you? Is there a time that you remember just really feeling like, man, this person, because of their leadership, just equipped me or it gave me the wings I needed? Oh, the wind beneath my wings. My wings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think my parents were a great example of that. Uh, hmm. Most recently, for the work I do, I would say the the pastors that have come around me and been like, yeah, you can totally do this. You can totally hmm. write books about Jesus. And yeah, we're excited about your podcast. Just to have them affirm the giftings yeah. on my life has really given me the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> no, it's really, it's really just actually equipped me with a boldness because having another person's affirmation saying, and you know, we don't, we don't do the things we do or we shouldn't um, perform for man and all that, but having somebody come alongside you when you feel weak or when you feel like you can't lead in an area and be like, yeah, you totally can do that. I really think that's them modeling Jesus. You know what? I think that's big, though. I think you're not just, I think you're downplaying that, Jane. That's huge. I mean, I wouldn't do half the things that I've done in my life if somebody hadn't said, you know what? I bet you could do this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's big. I think it's big. And I think a lot of times we diminish doing that for others. We don't realize how much power our words hold for other people. Yeah, it's so good. So like with your kids, for example, if you're a mom or a dad or you're I, we all should be investing in the younger generation, right? So think right. of a younger person you know. Yeah. When's the last time you took time out of your schedule, and I'm preaching to myself here, and said, you know what? You're you're doing a great job. 
learning to read or look at like, you can totally ride that bike. I want you to go try it and just spend like 10 minutes just affirming the crap out of them. God, well, I think that's and a leading, very correct way of saying it, but wow. Leading them. But you're leading them into, into yeah, you're leading them into the potential of, of what God has for them. Encouragement is such a leadership attribute that is uh, underrated right now in our society. I feel like, you know, we, we're almost competitive more than we are encouraging and when we can really lay down that competition spirit and pick up the one that honors and and elevates it's 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 just a quality that that really emulates what Jesus does and it it's not just like spiritual like oh Jesus did this so we should do it too you're talking about like that's spread across every single workplace every single work environment when you elevate those beneath you or following behind you and you don't see them as beneath you, but beside you, <laughs> I mean, it, it's so good. It changes everything that people say behind your back about you being a leader, if, if the truth be told. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And I, I too can, I'm just, I'm imagining people listening being like, but I haven't had that. I didn't, I never had a mm. mentor. I never had somebody come mm. alongside me for the, so for those of you that haven't experienced that, mm. I'm sorry. Like, Really, I feel sorry and sad in this moment if if that's you. And I just want to take a prayerful moment and just, um, I just want to pray in this moment. Is that okay? Let's, yeah, that's always pray. Let's do it. Let's just pray. I say we pray. Um, God, I I lift up the ones that are listening and they're like, well, I haven't had this experience with mentors or leaders pour into my life. God, I just pray that you redeem. You redeem that for them. You redeem the leadership in their life and, and you show them what healthy leadership looks like and that they begin to have a relationship or friendships or yeah. um, spiritual mentors that, that they see as healthy and that you just pour into them so that not only are they having it modeled to them, but they're being lifted up to their potential and then they can pour down to the generation below them. Amen. Amen. Hey, you want to know something that I want to point out in this segment as well about leadership that I think is vital when, when we're talking about it, just you and me, just Jenny, Candace, what do we think? What are our thoughts on leadership? I'm going to say, elevate your prayer. Actually ask God for those seasoned friends. Ask for somebody that you could be pouring into. That's the season behind. Ask for the same seasoned friend and ask for the next seasoned friend. And um, watch as he kind of puts that in your life. Because when you're hungry and thirsty for it and you're asking God for it, it's like your eyes become open to who those people are as well. So um, I would encourage you, if we're talking about what we say about leadership, that's one of the most vital things that I cannot have missing in my life. When it's missing and when it's absent, I become less of a leader in almost every area. I think that's a great stepping off point for even developing relationships. Yeah. And I, and I know since you've taught me that I've, it's been in my mind and I'm thinking like my next season friends, the older generation, uh, whenever I meet somebody, whether it's at church or whatever, wherever the case may be, and we end up grabbing coffee or whatever, I'm, I'm so thankful for those next season friends. And I think mm. I'm just going to speak to the church as a whole um, okay. not, okay. not the low, like specific. I really think the church as a whole has yeah. very drastically underestimated the older generation. Yeah. Uh, the, the platform quote unquote is going to the younger preachers, younger teachers. Well, I, I believe I can wholeheartedly jump in here and give us a tweetable quote before I even say it about what you're speaking on. Um, I believe the older generation find that the younger can be irreverent while the younger look to the older and call them irrelevant. And we cannot have that divide. We need to know our our need for each other. Um, And we have to stop pinning each other in those corners where we can see, hey, you're not irrelevant and you're not irreverent. We're both seeking after the same, same goal. It's huge, Jenny. I, I love that calling out the Big C Church because I do feel it. I feel the angst in it every time you walk into a room and you're you see the divide in even the seating. Yeah you know? Yeah. You'll find like a simple question to somebody that's older than you, older and wiser. You can simply ask like, Hey, tell me a story. Like, tell me a story of when you saw God in your life. And that will open up conversation for days. Like you might feel like you don't have much in common, but 
You know, God is the one who unites us. Yeah. And if you just sit with another person, younger, older generation, and just learn from them, mm. gosh, what? Talk about unity, you yeah. know? So you know, good. we're talking about leadership and you described your teacher and it actually reminded me of the teacher we met in Kenya. Yeah, we were privileged when we went to Kenya with Open Arms International to be able to see their school that's in the village. And one of the teachers that we met, oh, she could have been a Miss Lewis any day. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She was just on fire. I felt like, oh, girl, you feel like you got real cameras up here in Hollywood recording what's going down because she just was the prime example of everything that you would see in a movie that is an incredible teacher. Her students were hanging on every single word that she said. They were all listening and they all had smiles and then that bright look in their eyes like I'm here and I'm ready. Um, and not only was it the teachers that were incredible, but we got to actually stay in the principal's office and not be in trouble <laughs> for once. <laughs> shocking. Um, shocking. Yeah. But we were there and, and able to hear how they're implementing new strategies to deal with students that come in with behavioral issues because of trauma. I mean, think of the life that they've come from, they've been rescued from. And he was saying they've implemented this new strategy of actually catching them being good. And every time they do, they write their name down in a ledger and they give points to their different schoolhouses that they've named. And then they actually say, you've been caught being good and reward them. And I'm telling you, it just stirred my heart to see how well leadership is done when it inspires and when it catches the gold in people and not just the dirt. Yeah. And just for some more context, you know, this episode of Shut the Shit Up was created in partnership with Open Arms International, and they help children in Kenya experience the hope of the gospel and the love of a family. Each child gets to attend the Open Arms Academy. While we were there in Kenya, we did have that opportunity to visit the class. And I'm telling you, if you were there, you would love it too. You would be inspired just as we were. Yeah. And we actually caught it on video. Uh -huh. You heard Candace say, oh, it was like Hollywood. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to see how we got schooled and laugh at us as well, you have to go watch because it was pretty hilarious. Yeah. We tried to learn a new language, which oh. was a little questionable. So really go check it out at openarmsinternational.org and click the shut this shit up banner at the top of the page. I promise you, you'll have a good laugh at that, I'm sure. You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen. And maybe we can do some good. You said what? So one thing we love about our podcast is that we have you, the community of listeners, and the amazing feedback you leave us. We get to catch a glimpse into your story, whether you're calling or commenting in our social media pages or even our Facebook group. And if you want to be featured on an upcoming show, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail through in 5308-0163. Yeah. You know, I went to the Instagrams. I went to the gram yesterday. Do it. And I put out a poll in my Insta story and I just basically asked, what are some qualities that make an incredible leader? And what are some traits that actually make a horrible leader? Like one of the worst leaders that you've ever had. And these are some things I said, I, I gave a little asterisk and I said, you know what, by sharing your answer, you may be featured on our show and we may use your username. So some of the ones that kind of rose to the top, let me just kind of give you a by and large about incredible leadership. Um, there were some themes that I saw. First theme was simply this, somebody that's a servant, somebody that wants to get in the trenches with you and they're willing to do the dirty work when needed. Um, I love how VT01233, she said a good leader is somebody who is loving, kind, and trustworthy to all. I love that. Like they're trustworthy. Like you can entrust them with things because they actually have incredible motives. Um, that's always great leadership. Um, the one that I, I, I love that also rose to the top was the word empathy. There were yeah. several that said good leaders show empathy. And another E word that rose to the top is enthusiasm. People love leaders that are enthusiastic about what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> a great leader rallies the troops and says, let's do this. And they're excited about it. They're not somebody ho-humming into the office every day being like, oh, well, another day, another dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I do want to say this though. I don't think great leaders have to be the loudest. That's true. I think the way you, you rally the troops. Yeah. It can be loud and proud, but it also can be, I found it also can be in the quiet moments of, Hey, like you were saying, I see you. Here's a little note of appreciation or here's a muffin because I appreciate you, you know, just those extra steps that show that you're, you're rallying them, whether it's a gift, a kind word, a quick email, or like you're saying, a more public declaration Mm. of here we go. Let me cast vision into this moment. Yes. Um, one thing that you're touching on as well is, you know, empathy is, is huge because you're able to see the mom that's come into work that day and she maybe a couple minutes late because she had a kid with a fever and had to rearrange childcare and, you know, and not riding them hard and being like, Hey, where were you? You know what the clock says, you know? Um, but to be like, Hey, let me have empathy towards your situation or anything like that. But the one thing that I, I can't help but pass up about a good leader, um, this person, lover of history, 83, she wrote, knowing how Oh, to- wait, sorry. I thought you were saying we have to love history. And I was like, oh, I'm the worst <laughs> leader I've ever encountered. I'm done for. No, user, lover of history, 83. <laughs> they chimed in and they said, a good leader knows how to value the people that you're leading and then show yes. them that you value them. Um. There is something remarkable about leadership when you assign value to them that's beyond their paycheck or beyond their skill set or be- <laughs> or beyond their job description. Um, when you actually assign value that says, hey, listen, I value what you've done, what you're doing and what you're capable of doing, but I just value you as a human too. Um, people follow that kind of leader easily, easily. And then we also have this Instagram (laughs) user that you and I both know her um, through just the internet web. She's hilarious. She posts Christian memes and her name is the normal Pentecostal. Yes. The normal. Wait, say her username again. User the normal Pentecostal. She's hilarious. Um, (laughs) Just that name alone. Hello. Check her out at the normal Pentecostal. She said uh, three things, but I'm just going to share a couple of them. She says, a good leader removes fear from the workplace. They motivate with encouragement and inspiration. I love that. I I can't tell you how freeing that is, is when you're not afraid of the heavy hand coming down. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. It's so good. Uh, The the second thing that I want to share that she said was, they take more than their share of the blame and less than their share of the credit. I know that's probably a quote or somewhere, and she's not that smart. I, I get what you're doing, the normal Pentecostal. I've seen that memed. Um, maybe it was your page, and you weren't that smart. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, it's taking more than their share of the blame and less than their share of the credit. I think that that, that just speaks to ego. A good leader is less concerned with their ego and more concerned about the direction and the vision of what you're doing and where you're going. Um, yeah. Well, it was like the other day we had a business meeting and we were talking about some of the different things. And yeah. I remember we were like, well, that falls on us because we didn't walk through the process properly. So yeah. a lot of the times in leadership, yeah, it is that taking mm-hmm. the blame and responsibility mm-hmm. and then reassessing, well, have I, taught the foundational stuff this person needs to know. Like, do they have the expectations I have for them? And I mean, this is just practical stuff, right? But I think that makes a whirlwind of a difference. Now, I only have two more that I want to share for being the good leader, okay? One of them is serious, and the other one made me laugh because of you and I's relationship in working. Okay, so let's go with the serious first. The Happy Madison shared, a good leader is reliable, constantly showing up, and being there. That's good. I think that's huge. Like y'all don't know, but just being there is part of your leading. Present is incredibly powerful in leadership. When you think of Jesus, come on. His presence was a lot of his leading. I just I just feel like we we can get trapped in uh, complacency and just not show up or just show up halfway or show up distracted in our minds somewhere else. And I love to remember that good leadership is reliable. I mean, there's something to be said of somebody that's reliable. You know what I mean? That's big. Okay, and then the funny one. (laughs) I 
don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if I agree. Becca's world with Chris underscore with Chris says a good leader is someone who knows how to diffuse shenanigans. <laughs> Oh, that's literally my full-time job with you. I am the best leader in the world. And I think a good leader is one who starts the shenanigans. (laughs) No wonder you don't agree with me. Meanwhile, I'm like, yep. And amen. Diffuse them. Thank you for the Get them going. Light the match. (laughs) Don't you steal my joy today. No, we guys... I, we just recorded our episode with our friend Rebecca, episode two. You should go listen. So great. And quite a few times I've had to reel us all in. That's <laughs> true, but I guess you are. Yes. You are. You're a good leader, Jenny. It's my fault. Okay. I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking more of the blame and giving you more of the credit. But like we just said, that, that falls on me. Um, I haven't trained you in the right process, Candace. <laughs> Stay in line. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I know that we're going to be fully blessed by this next conversation, but what are the traits that make a horrible leader? Oh, gosh, I'm so nervous. What do you think? Before we say that, can I say this? Of course. No, I'm ruling in the shenanigans. I I love how we weren't really sure where the show would land, but I I think the themes I'm feeling are mentorship and leadership are kind of co-mingling in this conversation. Mm, And when you look at... Okay, well, where, how am I leading, whether it's professionally or personally? I think, too, you can also ask the question, who am I mentoring, whether it's personally or professionally? Yeah. And I think both go hand in hand. So we just discussed what it looks like to be a mentor. You show up, what it looks like to be a leader. And now we're going to discuss the worst <laughs> leaders in history of all the land. Let's hear it. Oh, what I'm do you nervous. think are the common themes? Because I, I like to start there. What are the common themes? Because some of these answers are, you know, they're similar. All right. You know, I'm not going to point out every single one of them. I think we've got over 100. Um, I'm going to name people that I think are the worst. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally joking. Do it. Jenny's list. Go. It's, <laughs> it's not going to have any fallout. Go for it. <laughs> shenanigans diffuse it diffuse it sometimes <laughs> silence is the best answer oh, oh leadership okay. lesson 105 that's so good that's so good um what do you have any themes like what do you think would be something that most people would think makes a horrible leader oh you're a- actually asking yeah. me. oh selfishness agenda mm-hmm. um unhealthy motives wanting to serve themselves like That's their vision, really, even though really it's not good. aligned with the team. Yeah. Ah, not understanding people's strengths and putting them in positions that they yeah. really aren't equipped for. Most of the, the the ones that rose to the top that were similar were about either egotistical decisions or they were about somebody who is self-absorbed, who is all about me, myself, and I, and somebody that is- Power uh, hungry. Yeah, power hungry. Uh, that they themselves don't practice what they preach, prideful and selfish. I mean, when you're talking like the common denominator that rose to the top, that was the biggest theme is seeing somebody as a renegade, uh, egotistical jerk. If we're going to be honest, it's somebody that, that just says me, me, me. Why do they always get the leadership positions, though? I mean, I feel like we've heard this story on repeat. It doesn't matter who's who's in that position. They know how they know how to be man-made. Oh, oh. that's the issue. They're man-made, and that's not that's not leadership like Jesus. Yeah, I think it's imperative. I really do. I think it's imperative that we talk about the negative traits because here's the deal: it allows us to do some self-assessment, and it also allows us to see. Maybe some areas of growth that we can personally do if these are habits that we have and they're undetected. Or it also allows us to really kind of know the leaders that we're under, how to better come under them and support them in a way that doesn't cave to their bad habits, but that honors God and yet kind of honors our our self-respect at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a beautiful balance that we can walk through and say, I'm not going to cave to manipulation or or abuse in the workplace or just in if we're even going to talk about the church wounds that come church. with that come on you know spiritual abuse is a, a real thing manipulation is a real thing and i feel like when you're able to identify this is not a healthy leader you're able to set some boundaries in place too 
All right, so we know that um, ego and personal agenda and selfishness is kind of one of those that kind of rose to the top. But did you know that the second one that was mentioned was micromanaging? I mean, over and over and over again. People were saying an, an unhealthy leader, a trait that they all have is one that rises to the top is micromanaging. They do not know how to delegate um, and they do not know how to let go of certain job demands and, and farm them out to their team. Sometimes a, a bad leader is not actually a, in their mind, a bad leader because they feel like they're doing it all. It's that martyr syndrome. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, it's, well, I'll just do it myself. I got this. Or I know what yeah. I want here. Yeah. 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 And I'm going to do, I just, I know what I'm going for here. Let me have it. And, um, sometimes it, it gives you this sense of really like a false humility almost like you can, you can adapt the phrase. Well, I, I, I did all the work, you know, and you can take all the credit as well. And everybody um, behind you is sitting here going, yeah, thanks for nothing. You know, I, I could have yeah. rocked that. I could have nailed that. That was one of those, but then there's a couple that I want to read specifically. Um, and this kind of goes to what we were already talking about a little bit. Jen ST 77. She says, the traits of a bad leader are someone who yells and belittles others. So what I'm talking about, yeah. I'm like reeling over here. Yeah, you are triggered. I can tell you're getting quiet and shelling. You're like going into yeah. your shell right now. Here's the deal. <laughs> you're, you said it earlier. You said um, a good leader is not always the loudest. Well, I would dare yeah. say put it on the opposite end of the spectrum too. If you're only loud... You're, you're not just not a good leader. You're probably a horrible leader. Like if you have to yell yeah. to get your point across, if you have to make somebody else feel like garbage, that's not okay. That's not leadership. I don't care what environment you're in, whether it be professional or you're in a church environment on the staff. If you're belittling anyone and if you're yelling at them, that's just not leading like Jesus led. You know, even when he flips some tables. You know what I mean? He was more mad at the tables than he was people. <laughs> I mean, take it out on an object first. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there comes, a, there comes a heaviness in any position of authority that you have when you raise your voice. Um, there yeah. comes a weightiness to what you say. It doesn't have to be a high volume and you never are going to lead others well by putting them down and stepping on them ever, ever, ever. I definitely off the record, I've definitely been like triggered and I'm like uh, angry about yeah. the poor leadership that has been in my life. Yeah. Whether it was a client manipulation or whatever the case may be. Um, and, and it makes me sad for women that women or men uh, mm. or children that have had poor leaders in their life and they feel like, oh, well, this is this is what I'm worth. This is what I deserve. And when we're talking about leadership and what it looks like to lead like Jesus, not only is that for us to be yeah. like, but it's also for us to see the example of so we can, we can have healthy boundaries with mm. who we're letting lead and pour into us. Yeah. And I think I'm I'm over here like getting triggered thinking of the bad experiences I've had. So it is I'm like getting emotional over hearing like what it looks like to be a bad leader because leadership is something that I value so highly. Yeah. And um I appreciate so much in my life. So to have hard experiences and maybe our listeners have had poor experiences of leadership and maybe it's saddening you too listening to even this, mm. but I just I want us to um come with an open ear of, okay, well, there is, there can be redemption in these moments and, yeah. and okay, well, I can uh, walk away with boundaries that can equip me to process through this, or I can start talking with a friend about this experience, or I can share this with my husband and figure out what the next steps are. If you have experienced bad leadership, because it is, I don't think we talk about that enough if we're being yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. Like I totally just shrinked back on this conversation. It was like it's too something really triggered you when we started talking yeah. about some of the horrible traits that accompany a bad leader. 
and you know, I mean, we, we, we tackled ego and self-absorption and yelling and belittling. Um, but I got to tell you, Jenny, I know this is triggering even more, but I felt like this was so worthy to address. Um, one of the main ones that also was brought up and it was like top three here, uh, was gossip. Uh, user Deb Kadu, she she commented, hearing a leader talk about other people is the biggest no-no. I don't care how incredibly gifted you are or talented you are or what the world thinks of you on your social media profile. If you're a nasty talker about other people behind their back, you're not a good leader. And I think that that just needs to be said. Um, yeah. You know what? There's There's been a lot of people that I've had a privilege to meet in um, different circles in this crazy, you know, I mean, whatever you call it, platform, fame, weird thing that's happened in my life. And these people I've admired from afar. And then when you get to hear them talk about others, that instantly taints my perception of them is when you hear how they speak about the people that are serving them, helping them, whether it be with like they're sitting in a chair getting ready to go on the screen and they've got to have a makeup person and they talk about that person and belittle them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just to be a good leader, um, you rein in that tongue and you don't gossip. You just you just don't talk about other people. And I think this is such a, a quality that we're missing in our circles of leadership, if I'm just going to be honest. You know, when we when we look at the perception of leadership outside looking in people listen to your off camera conversations your off um instagram conversations more than they do what you post out loud with a megaphone on your socials so just be just be mindful of that if you're not just necessarily underneath somebody but if you feel like man i'm rocking this leadership thing well but you still have an issue with talking about others around you maybe take a self-evaluation and and think that through and think it out and say, am I really the leader that I'm projecting to be because of the way that I'm loving people around me, that I'm giving empathy and kindness and the way that I speak about them. So man, y'all on this, you said what? Y'all are the one that brought the heat today. I mean, this Ugh. conversation is just fire. <laughs> I'm like, Jenny's triggered. I'm all rallied up to be a better leader than I've ever been in my life. And I'm, I know things I need to elim eliminate from my leadership. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's got to go. But I think this is a conversation that could continue for days. I mean, it's so good to just identify what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, and where can we improve? He said what? Listen, hearing your descriptions of what makes a good leader and what makes a not so good leader actually gets us asking the bigger question. What does scripture say about leadership? What is the ex example that Jesus set in motion by his leadership? And the cool thing that I've discovered is this. Uh, we just kind of have it backwards. We, we, I know that the, you're like, Candace, that's not cool. Here's, the, here's why it's so good to know this. We are in a culture right now where we desire lots of followers on our social. The more followers you have, the more authority and leadership you're given. Hey, I, I know that from experience. Take it from a lady that on Facebook one night had 2,000 people that were friends with me. And then the next morning I woke up and there's over 800,000 people that are friends with me because of a viral video. The level of leadership and authority that started to come upon my life, whether I was ready for it or not, was dependent and hinged upon how many people were following me. And all of a sudden, just because I had a bigger stage must have meant that I had a greater voice. And the reality is this, is we've got it wrong and we've got it backwards when we look at what the Bible shows us in Jesus' example. He started with a group of 12, just 12 followers. Yeah. He invested in those. And those 12, from them, it says that he sent them out to make disciples. You know, I mean, Jesus, it wasn't that he, he lacked vision and he lacked the um, wherewithal to know that this wouldn't be a bigger story while he was in his 
humanity. Do you know what I mean? Fully God, fully human. And and listen, we can say that confidently because of the way that he prayed for us. And I'm, I mean, if you don't know that, go look at John 17. That's his prayer that he says in the garden of Gethsemane before he's about to go to the cross. He's praying for not only the disciples that he'd made close relationships with, but it even says that he's praying for those that are yet to come and be followers of him. That's us. Like he saw the bigger picture of what his story meant for that moment, what his life meant for that moment. So it's not like Jesus was without the leadership of seeing vision in the future and knowing purpose and identity, but he was so intentional to be a leader to those 12. And it just makes me question how invested are we in the small uh, when we want to set out to be a leader? Because the example Jesus set is just so pure. It's so great. And more and more, the older I get, um, the more platform or the more anything that I get, uh, that seems to widen my fence or my reach or my gate, the more I want to go smaller. I'll tell you yeah. right now, I want my son and my daughter to be the main ones that I'm discipling and pouring into. And it's yeah. almost like nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. it, 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 I know other things do matter, so don't write in and be like, well, you've really touched me with your book. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hear those stories. That's so sweet when you do that. But if you could just know, though, that the goal of my heart, if I leave this earth today, I want the question answered, did I teach and train my children, those who were entrusted with me in my small space as well? Did, did they feel loved? Did they feel equipped? Did they feel like they got to see all of me? And you know what, y'all? I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, the people in your inner circle that you're trying to lead, they'll catch you on every single ounce of your bullcrap. And they'll call it out. <laughs> Don't think that I haven't had my family call out some stuff in me. Um, I would be amiss if I just let you think otherwise. It's important to have small because those small get the ability to speak things in love that a lot of people can't say. Or if they say it, it's just not taken as seriously because they haven't earned that space, that trust. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus really set that model up for us. And I don't want to miss that in this conversation about us leading like Jesus led. We would be amiss if we didn't see how important the value is to place upon the small. And the, and the things that you may despise today because they're not large and grandiose and they're not giving you the wider gate and the bigger stage they may actually be exactly what God wants you to do to foster up the next generation of leaders. I think we all carry a level of influence. Yeah. And the the question you can prayerfully consider is show me the ones yeah. that God you positioned me to influence. Boy, that's like cute. you were saying, Candace, it's it's my kids. Yeah. It's my kids. They're the first and foremost that I want to focus yeah. my energy on. So if that could be our prayer, God, show me who you want me to to influence and pour into, then we'd be leading so well and so powerfully, mm. you know, and yeah. true leadership serves first. So if we're able to yeah. see who we're called to influence and serve that, mm -hmm. those people, man, what, let's look at the verse. There's a verse in Matthew 20, 26 or 28. And it says this, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, we're talking about the leadership of Jesus. There it is right there. He came to serve. He laid down his life. So when when we're sitting here and we're talking about leadership and I'm getting all enraged about a poor leader and trying to figure out like, how do we fit in? How are we leading? What does this look like at, at the core of, of what we're called to step into as a Christian? What we're called to do is to serve. We're mm. called to serve. Jesus, just the best. Hey, let's pray. All right. So we love to end every show praying for you guys. So we'd love to invite you to pray alongside us. So I'll kick us off. Father God, I just thank you for the listeners here today. And we've touched some topics that actually 
or a triggering point for me, God. So if that happened for anybody else, if they've had poor leadership in their life or have struggled in with this topic, God, I just pray for um, clarity, for protection over their hearts and their minds, God. I just pray for healthy boundaries, for an understanding of that. And I pray for healthy leadership. I pray for us as leaders, women and men who follow you, God. I pray that you, you not only equip us to lead well, but you equip us to see the younger generation beneath us, that we can encourage and empower them to uh, represent you, God. May you teach us what that looks like. May we serve first and foremost, God. And we thank you. We thank you and we're honored to know you and we thank you for your leadership. Hey, God, we just we just confess right now that we cannot be leaders without being a follower first. Help us to follow yeah. you. Really, that's the, that's the most honest prayer I can pray today is help me to follow you. I love how the psalmist says that you have ordered our steps. You've ordered them. You already put them in motion. And God, I just ask that you would just help me see the tracks so that I can follow where you've already stood. Um, God, every moment with you is better than any moment far away from you. Help me to be a good follower. (laughs) Help me to be a good follower. And God, I just pray for these listeners today that for them that they feel like they're under tyranny they're under a loud, egotistical, unhealthy leader. You would give them ways to honor you when they go to work or how they serve. And God, you would give them ways to pray for their leaders. And Father, that you would also, I'm just going to go ahead and ask it, that you would remove certain people from leadership that need to be removed. And Father, I know that you are ultimately concerned about where we're going and how we're displaying you and your glory and your goodness. So Father, I'm going to pray right now for those friendships and those relationships that are either the season behind the same season or the next season, that you will foster those and bring those and flourish those relationships where people are feeling a lack and a need for them. There might not even be lack or need. Maybe they're already there, but I would just ask for this acute awareness that we would find ourselves investing in those in a different way than we did today. (laughs) And um, from now on that we would seek those things out. We love you, God. We love so much how you love us and you lead us. Help us. Help us be followers of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Shut the should up, everybody. We will talk to you next week. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.